Welcome to the Dadvocacy Podcast, a podcast about empowering fathers and giving insight into the male perspective. Episode four of the Dadvocacy Podcast. This is Ryan Skaggs. This is Tristan King. And remember, this is episode four. I know that Philip uh, put out in his uh, his his live, well, his Instagram it's stream. Since been he said it was four, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been changed. It's been changed. It's episode. This is four. Yeah, four. So we've made it kind of a month. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone here. Um, I, I I love plugging Ryan because you know he's a single guy um, and he's swole. So let's get there with that, ladies. He's swole. Um, Ryan, can you tell me exactly what you made for dinner the other day? Uh, last night. The Thai food. Oh, dude. Tell me about that. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a variation of pad, uh, me, but it's pad like star Wars. No, <laughs> like the Thai food, uh, pad by me. It's, but instead of generally that one's like kind of a garlic based, like soy based, soy sauce based sauce. Mm-hmm. This one, I kind of stole the sauce that you would put generally on. I don't know if you've ever had drunken noodles. It's <laughs> what I did here. And then, so yeah, I used, but I used elk and, oh. uh, I love game meat. Oh, dude, I mean, it, it looks Wild game meat is so good. Yeah. Uh, especially when you start throwing it in, like, ethnic cuisine. But, yeah, I, um, ladies, I love to cook. Let's put it that way. So, um, plugging myself here selfishly. But no, I think you should. <laughs> yeah, I know my way around the kitchen. So, yeah, I made uh, some bad uh, mommy. It was, like, kind of the Hong Kong-style stir-fry noodles that had mm-hmm. elk meat and Thai basil and cilantro and... Yeah, dude, it sounded awesome. Some carrots, green bell peppers. It looked really good too. Super, it looked really good. Super yeah, good. So did you? Did you and your son enjoy that together? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. I made dinner for him, and uh, he joined the clean plate club. So I think my my mission was accomplished. Wow. So yeah. So he's he's getting those. Uh, he's dude. He's like probably an inch taller in the last month. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. He's growing. He's got a third spurt. Yeah. He's got that third second. So third I, I want to shout out Angie real fast. Angie made the uh, advocacy mug that's in front of you right now. Super um, awesome. That's totally awesome. She made me one also. Yeah. But I saw, and, uh, I mean, like we were just kind of chatting and she, uh, I went out with my buddy Lang and we, we hit the town for a minute we had to go look at some stuff and hit Costco, came back and she was like, here. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I wish we had the, uh, the video feed up cause I would. Totally show Dude, it's super we'll cool. Put, we'll, put the, just, we'll put that bad boy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think uh, we should. That's pretty slick. Thank you. So, all right. So, we had, I mean, we had a nice weekend. You had a good weekend? Yeah. yeah um, I, I basically, man, I just relaxed. That's all I wanted to do this weekend. That was good. Uh, my folks came into town uh, to celebrate my son's birthday kind of mm-hmm. a week later. So, did a little dinner thing. And yesterday, we uh, spent some time on the lake and Got a chance to go. He learned how to skip rocks, so he's pretty excited. That's about cool. That. I saw the pictures. It's a great fun. sunset, dude. Oh, that was beautiful. I love North Idaho, man. <laughs> like, yeah, we're uh, we're pretty lucky to be where we are. And I mean, even given the uh, the old windstorm that we had, but uh, yeah, it's it's totally worth it, man. It was awesome, yeah. and uh, the colors were amazing last night. So it made for some awesome unfiltered cell phone pictures. Man, so I was looking through my uh, what Facebook memories or whatever. Sure. Last year, this time, tons of snow. Yep. And right now I'm, I'm cruising around on my charger when I feel like moving the truck out of the way. I have not put snow tires on my Civic. Like what, what is yeah. going on right now? I don't know, but uh, it's coming is what I keep hearing, and we'll see. I don't know. But well, it seems like every year it just pushes out a month later. Just okay. about. Yeah. And it, by cool, what was it, three years ago or four years ago, we had like two and a half feet of snow until mid-March. So yeah. I remember coaching spring sports at that time. And 
Having to get a snowblower to play tennis. That was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's <laughs> a craziness. <laughs> it was one of our practices. I went to Ace Hardware and bought, like, five or six snow shovels. And Here's your warm-up. Yep, exactly. It was like, <laughs> hey, if you want to play, you got to shovel the, shovel the courts off. So that was uh, an adventure. But, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't take living anywhere else for what I live here. It would be. Yeah. No, I, it's hard to leave. You know, I hate saying it. I've lived everywhere, right? I mean, just about everywhere. Um, Oregon is always my home. That's my heart is. Um, it's just... When I cross the border, it always feels different. And I don't know why, but I can feel it in the air, you know? It's one of those things. Um, <coughs> state the okay, so it's, it's not state that. The this is before. It's Oregon we're talking about. This, this Something different that. in the air, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there is. It's like driving Spokane. No, it's, it's different than that. So, um, But, I mean, it, it's like the humidity just changes. I can feel it, you know? It's oh, nice. It's like a rainforest. So, yeah, I got you. yeah, no, it's beautiful there. But Idaho, man, I love being here. And, I mean, I joined the Army, and I came back here. Could have gone anywhere. Right? Sure. Um, so I just, I really do. I really love this area. I, I like having my kids grow up in this area. It's nice, you know. You get a chance. Well, big, yeah, and if you want to be outside, it's a great spot. Yeah. Great place, safe to raise kids and tons of that. For the most part, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we got freedom here, so. That's what matters. That's right. Yeah, don't take my freedoms. <laughs> yeah, don't take that lightly these days. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, I guess um, we have opportunities here in Idaho that a lot of people don't have across the country. So. Mm-hmm. We'll take it and run with it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so what, last week, uh, I, I was a puddle. Yeah, I got to uh, turn you into a weeping, sad, sorry, sad, sad little boy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to try and stay away from that a little bit today. Um, we don't want to be crying every episode. It'll be too, people get too used to me. Like, oh, he's faking. I can't do that. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know. I'm or not an actor. It's just too, way too emotional. <laughs> That's my issue. <laughs> Have you noticed that as a, as a father, the older I get, the more emotional I get for parent content. Does that make uh, sense? Toy Story 4? Did you get like... Didn't do it Toy Story, yeah, okay. Toy Story 3? Any commercial about a father-parent? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any any military commercial? You know, like there's there's that Folgers one? Sure. Uh, where the military guy comes home and he sees his sister in the morning and yeah. she's got a cup of coffee. Or you're like you get the one that uses... Some of those companies use cut-ups of like military members coming home. Oh, dude, kills me. I can't even watch those videos on, on yeah. YouTube. It's just... Yeah. Can't handle it. No, as, as I mean, you as a vet, I'm sure. I think for me, I mean, I watch, what is it, Pursuit of Happiness, dude? I will oh my lose it. Oh, my gosh. I will lose it. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm the puddle. Like, I can't watch that movie anymore. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about overcoming stuff, but, I mean, we could start going into playing a game oh. of, of oh movies that connote great dads, but, yeah. I'm so glad we're <laughs> talking about this because, um, so, it's interesting. Um, my, my kids listen to the podcast, right? Yeah, which makes me feel great, amazing. I mean, if my, kids, awesome. if my kids support me, it's, it's phenomenal. My daughter does also. And she listens to it in the background to her homework because it's like I'm there and hanging out with her. But, That's cool. um, so my daughter and I, we haven't, we haven't lived together, right? She's been with her mom. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of unpack that a little bit later on. But she's been with her mom, and so we haven't had the best relationship, right? You know, parents feed into their children whatever they want them to hear. Sure. And the children believe that because they're young. So she's had this idea in her mind that... Um, that I only had her around to show her off to girls because that's how guys get girls apparently. Or someone taught her that that's how guys get girls. And everybody knows that to get a girl, you need a puppy, not a baby. Puppies work. Yeah. Babies, with mean, babies mean work. Yeah. Babies mean a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of smelly and a lot of no sleep. And it just doesn't have a lot of workers, a lot of colds, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. No, girls don't want, I mean, many people don't want baggage. Let's be real. Right. So that, that's kind of a big deal there. And so, um, I was working and my daughter came over because uh, there was power outage, right? And I power at my house. 
For some reason, I always have power in my house. It's because our utilities are underground. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, was, I had power, too. So yeah, I know. I had a few people come over and actually <laughs> borrow internet for a while. But, yeah, so we're talking. I said, look, I said, you know, I'm doing a podcast, and I know you're listening to it. Ask me anything you want. Let's talk. Hmm. What, what anger, resentment, fear, whatever you have, tell me, and I'll do my best to answer. And so we had this, this phenomenal, I mean, I want to say amazing conversation because she and I were able to just talk. And she said, well, this is uh, like, you know, being shown off to girls. She was like, this is my thing. You always, you only want to be around when girls are there. And I was like, uh, actually, no, I made people leave because you were coming around because you're my priority. Yeah. And that was, that was how it is. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, I'm really enjoying the fact that as a man, we don't expose our feelings for worth anything. I mean, I guess you and I do sort of, right? Sure. We cry at everything or TV shows or movies or whatever, cartoons. That yeah. last X-Men episode, oh my gosh. It went from the 90s. Really? Over I, your head? I didn't didn't really get into wow. that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. No. That's, that's just me. <clears throat> so, no, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And I love the fact that um, this... Talking to you and, and doing the podcast is more like a pursuit in learning how to kind of break down those walls sure. and open up a bit. You actually be, you know, in community with somebody. That's something yeah. that, and, and I mentioned that I mean, in, epi- in, epi- yeah, in episode one, like men tend to be horrible about being willing to open up about things, yeah. especially things that make them uncomfortable. Oh, and, dude. And, and we talk about the mental health epidemic that's, that we're, it's, we're facing and it's only getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go into the suicide rates of, of men in our age group. We're going to, you know, it's, it's I mean, scary. or in your group with being your age plus being veterans, oh my. 22 a day. I mean, yeah, let's, let's be honest and be real. Like we need, we need to open up. If you don't know about something and everybody always says that they're okay. And you just kind of look at social media and that that's its own little world. Mm-hmm. That's not real life. I mean, let's be honest. Like even like how you said, I put that really beautiful picture of my kid and I playing at the beach. Well, what I didn't show you was like when we got home and he's like throwing a fit, you know, like there's the real moments and there's the things that we want to show. Yep. And, you know, we do that, I think internally too. There's things that we need to be real about and get out there and, and talk about. So um, I think social media is a lot like being, um, a child in a one parent home. At least that's how it was for me. So for me, when I told you my story, well, part of my elaborate story, on that one because right? like, yeah, you're getting real I, for a second. I will a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, my defense mechanism was happy. Okay. Everything was happy. No, I get you because I'm this. You know, I go through that. Well, I'm still going. I'm divorced, you're still going but it, I'm yeah. still going through it. But like my defense mechanism is either humor, fake happiness, or self-deprecating humor. To where like I use myself kind of as the butt mm-hmm. of the joke and to try to diffuse like being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know some guys will do that or they will attack, attack, or yeah. they'll shut off all, you know, communication altogether. They'll isolate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I totally understand. Like it's when yeah, things so, get I mean, hard. So yeah. happy's, happy's the fallback. I mean, um, and it's weird because I, you know, I had to talk to my mom about it a lot because she was like, I was, I was her easy kid for the most part. Sure. Yeah. I didn't listen sometimes. I mean, I was normal. Right. But the reality was, is that. If I was upset or if I was missing something, if I, if I, you know, when, when Mark came along, like I said, last episode, um, yeah. and I realized I was missing in a father, um, I would revert to happy and shove it aside. Don't even deal with it all. Just happy. Go do whatever. Shut up and eat your feelings. Yeah. And that's really how it was. No, I think that that rings true. And I, I know that there's probably a lot of guys listening right now that would resound with that. Like they yeah. would totally understand that, like, like that concept. 
Uh, speaking of, we had we had some really good feedback, right? Yeah, some amazing we've had feedback. some amazing feedback, male uh, and female. Like, yeah. there's this is crazy. It's been pretty awesome. Man, I've been loving it. It's been phenomenal, and I think a lot of people don't want to address the fact that divorce is ugly, right? Um, because I mean, we've had feedback about divorce. People going through divorces that are like, man, I didn't know it was. It's not well, just me. I've had people feedback that are still married that yeah. are looking at this and like, holy crap! I didn't realize that my spouse was doing this until. I took it took like an outside outsider's view of their experience mm-hmm. going, man, that's exactly how I feel every day. So I I was thinking about that because because uh, my best friend hit me up and he was like, man, I think I'm a narcissist. And I was like, no, you're not a narcissist. We all do little things. We have that, tendencies. Yeah, I mean, we're all yeah. going to. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, because we ultimately I mean, we want to self-preserve. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's a big piece. So I was like, dude, don't worry about it too much. It's if you are using those things to um, to put somebody else down or to to be greater than somebody to control to somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah to control them, right? I'm um, sorry, my my brain food hasn't kicked in yet, so the mouth words aren't working very well. <laughs> I'm only like twenty ounces of coffee down this yeah. morning, so my my chai latte is not working right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm just like I people listening don't listen to these things as. Hey, we're calling you out. Use them as ways to recognize behavior and adjust the behavior. Yeah, I mean, self-reflection is is huge as far as, you know, I look at it too. Cause, I mean, it was kind of a criticism I got when I was talking with my buddy Shane on, on his podcast mm-hmm. about this topic. And he stopped me. He's like, I know that we do this as guys. Like, we want to be fixers and we want to we want to take responsibility for things when they don't go right. Especially, you know, using quote-unquote coach speak. You know, me having that background for, you know, 14 years coaching sports. Like, I, oh, my, we have a bad game. Well, I can take responsibility for it. And then, they, yeah, my quarterback still threw five interceptions. Okay. That didn't help us win. Am I going to go throw that kid under the bus? No. I'm going to take responsibility for the things that I did wrong. Mm-hmm. So when I was on this podcast, for I started out preface going, I sucked at communicating and I will stand on that. I did. I was terrible at it. I didn't really express my feelings of things that were going wrong. And, was that the, the, the demise of the relationship? No. But did it contribute to some feelings in the background or some things in the background that didn't allow it to be kind of a cohesive, you know, evolving product that we both could have grown in? Well, yeah, there's probably some truth to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how many men communicate? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, how many men actually actively say, I feel this? Yeah. How many men way? know how or know where to start? Yeah. Like, let's we can break that and go way beyond that. And some guys just don't know where to begin. I mean, and if it's, you know, guys, if you're listening and you want to know how to start the communication thing, start with I feel statements. Yep. Get your feelings out there. Like, you know, if you're with your spouse and things aren't going well, express I feel, sometimes I feel hopeless, like I don't have control over the situation, or I feel unappreciated, or I feel unrecognized. I feel, I mean, because somebody can't take your feelings away. If you're saying you don't do this, well, that's an incredibly subjective term because you're viewing their actions through your lens. And that's an attack. Or that's that yeah, take. exactly. Yeah. And that's not going to create a positive adjustment. That's going to put that person in the corner. They don't put baby in a corner, right? Like yeah. they're going to fire back up in the air. Yeah, exactly. They're going to start firing back at you. Um, and then women, if you're listening, it's the same way too. Like you can think like, well, my husband is this or my ex or whatever is this domineering. Well, use an I feel statement. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And listen, wait, wait for the reaction. Listen to it because 
You're going to find out real fast from an I feel statement how they feel about you. Sure. You know, women, if you're listening to like men expect in a relationship, like, yeah, they've got to be the protector and provider, but also the woman has to be a safe space. And if their safety is, or their, I guess I don't want to say privacy is the right term, but like that, that opportunity to be completely real and authentic and have like that intimate moment of conversation. If it doesn't feel safe, men aren't going to open up. They're going to pull away. Actually. Yeah. And they're going to be seen as weak. So there needs to be uh, from the woman's aspect, like as a guy saying this, cause I've been in that situation. If there's not the affirmation that you're safe because you don't see results of it or you see criticism from it, well, I'm not opening up like as a guy, I'm just going to flout it. I'm not going to share my feelings with you if I don't feel safe. You're going to be like, Eminem, you just blew that one shot. Yeah. And, and so, if, and, and usually you only get a couple chances with a guy. I mean, this, let's be real. We're guys, mm-hmm. right? This is advice from us. You're only going to get a couple chances. And if you don't really recognize that opportunity for that, the, somebody's trying to be authentic and have that intimacy verbally, it, it, it's really tough to recover. Like, let's be honest. In this aspect, I think it's really hard. People have to pay attention. Yeah. And that's that's where it comes from, right? So we can cause unintentional scars on other people by by not acknowledging the openness. It, just like our children, right? So if, if my kid comes to me and says, Dad, you know, I'm feeling like this or I, I have this issue or I want to whatever, or if they just want to cry and I and I see it, or if I see them come in, they had a bad day and I can feel it and I know they need just held. If I pass an opportunity, is my child gonna come to me later on? Or is he going to go, dad should know I feel bad right now. Is he going to use that scar and build a wall? And that's where we have to pay attention. And I mean, that, that's relationships all the way around. We touched on it in the first episode, how powerful, whether it's your fault or not, the I saw, I'm sorry statement. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to apologize necessarily for something you didn't do. Like you can apologize for the fact that they're in that situation. Like I didn't call, like I may not have caused this emotional distress, but I'm sorry that you're in there. Guess what? I'm here with you right now. Yeah. Let's walk through it. So, if, you know, I'll use the, the, I'm sorry, the apology is the caveat. Like that's how you can overcome some of that distrust is where you start showing the empathy, you know, instead of sympathy for a guy, like telling somebody, man, like that must really suck to be where you are. You know, man, it sucks to be you. That, that doesn't really get you anywhere. Does it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's not going to help. No, at all. At all. <laughs> you know, but the, the statement of man, that must be tough. What can I do to help? Yep. I mean, now you're 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 extending that branch of like, hey, you're you're in it, but I'm here with you. And, exactly. And you know, it's something that I personally didn't see. Was it something that I probably did didn't do a great job of too? I don't know. I think I'm. I think it depends on like how we recognize obviously love languages and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you or with a person and they're not giving you that feedback or giving you that opportunity to show that like there's the vulnerabilities. Okay. As men, like we're chances like it's easier to just walk away or it's easier to abuse or it's easier to just disappear. And that, you know, and the byproduct of that are the kids that are in the room. That's that. Those are the ones that end up missing out and losing in the end is because as men, if we're on, if we're not willing to fix that, that kind of gross relationship that's over the top of the household, you know, we're going to end up causing a lot of brokenness behind the scenes too, that we're, you're not going to recognize if we're on. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we're getting really deep on a topic, but like, you know, as men, this is kind of the episode two where we're going to touch on probably three or four different things and we're getting to strike a chord, but they're going to strike a chord. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so, so we're here to, we're not only talking about our stories 
and how how we want to be loving, caring dads and amazing people, right? But in order to do that, we have to be able to call people out. Yeah. Right? It's iron sharpens iron. We have to do that. So we're going to be calling men out in their things. And the goal is, it's not to say, women, you're awful because we don't do that. That's you're not. You're amazing. We love women. I mean, I love women. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. Ryan does. I know that. That's why he cooks so well. But... <laughs> Uh, well, so let's see how effective that's working. Yeah. I'm still We're, single, so really, that's okay. Really he's got to post more food pictures. That's right. <laughs> I see to just create a Tinder account with nothing but food that I make. <laughs> food and puppies. <laughs> yeah, that's food, awesome. Food and dogs. There we go. We'll see how so yeah, works. but but we want to we want to call people out. And we want to say this. Now we're not going to say it's not all women that want to hold children back or use children as a tool to harm their ex. Right. Yeah. It's not all women. No. And it's not all men that want to be involved and be good fathers. And that's part of what we're going to speak about today. Because yeah. we've, we've got to call those, I mean, kind of bad actors out, right? We've got to go, look, these are the repercussions of what you not being there is. Yeah. Or what you doing this does. Because the second you start holding your child as a weapon or a tool, it no longer is, I mean, you start killing that relationship. And you start obviously breaking your child. But I, uh, I was thinking about it. And I want to put a challenge out to every parent um, and every, every spouse, every husband, right? We know that we know the love languages, right? Um, and everybody knows that um, they've read that scientific study. What, what is it? When babies are born, if they don't get touched for so much, they just pass away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I've been, I've been talking to my kids and their friends very rarely hug their parents. And to me, that's weird, right? I, hopefully, you yeah, totally yeah, no, weird, right? I'm crazy affectionate, but yeah. I, I can't go to bed at night. If I'm around my parents, if I'm around anybody, if they don't get a hug, I can't go to bed. It's not happening, yeah. right? Every single night. So my, my son's best friend was over, and he was like, wait, you're going to hug your, your, your mother goodnight? I don't even hug my grandmother, right? And I'm thinking, wow, I don't understand. And then my other son, Dylan, mentioned that also. And I was like, wait, what? How are these kids not hugging their parents? What happened? So I want to challenge every parent out there and every husband to go out and just hold somebody, hold each other. Yeah. Give it a minute, 60 seconds. It's going to feel like forever. Oh my gosh, forever. The forever. coolest. All right. So that, that brings me to the topic. I don't know. If yeah, you no, saw. bring it up. The coolest uh, experiment I saw during COVID, like during quarantine, right? Okay. Everybody was kind of like posting these videos or whatever. It was the cuddle your kids. Sounds know. cool. Okay. I mean, but instead of like, you holding your kid like they would normally do. Mm-hmm. You go to where your child is at and like put your head in their lap and see what they do. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, kind That's of like TikTok. I mean, I don't yeah. have a TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Wait a minute. Like, I, I saw it on that. like Instagram and Facebook. But like the responses of the kids. And I watched like a six minute clip mm-hmm. of just like different responses from kids. And it is powerful. You watch the response in those kids faces. Oh, it's amazing. They light up. Oh, man. And, you know, like they kind of like are weirded out at first. And then they like, I mean, it was like kind of like, what's what's mom or dad doing? But then all of a sudden it's like they do. They take that role of what, you know, we should be doing. They reflect what they want. Right. So if they want to be held by their parent, they're going to do the same thing to their parent of what they internally want. Yeah. Keep talking. and, And so like that, that response was was pretty awesome. I'm trying not to be distracted right now. No. <laughs> We're not on TikTok. I promise. No, no, not at all. But, but the whole, the whole cuddle your kid thing was, it was a pretty cool response because you get to see, um, internally what a kid was expecting or what a kid was wanting, um, to have, I mean, it was like kind of, they finally got their outward expression of their inward desire. I don't know if that makes sense or not. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's um, kids. Kids are innocent, right? Sure. Um, and it's interesting because we don't really think about it because inadvertently we all we all kids are greedy. Right. You have kids toys. It, it's their toy. Right. But it's not that they're greedy. It's that they are innocent, that they they want to feel like a protector to something. Also, my my son, Dylan's always like, I want my own pet. Can I have a tarantula? No. <laughs> but it'll Sorry. come in. Ha- it'll come in handy when burglars ransack the house and yeah. you can throw it on them. And then and, and yeah. he's alone. Yeah. <laughs> so when no. you get left alone, you go on vacation yeah. to France. I'm going to forget him. No, I mean, and so he's, he was like, can I have a snake? And I'm like, dude, snakes, my, my presence die. I don't know what happens, but I have swords. Um, he's like, can I have a tarantula? I'm like, no. Can I have a lizard? And I'm like, uh, no, we have a cat. Unless you want the cat to have a toy. Right. <laughs> but he's always wanting to take care of something because he has that inside of him. That they want to feel like they can be protectors and they can have something that's theirs. And when we give up ourselves to our children to go protect me, Kids automatically do that. Like, I love the one where the mom does it, and the little girl's, like, just petting her head, or the dad, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's freaking adorable. Yeah. It was like, and they kind of, like, and I did it to, I did it with my, my son, just to see how he responded. And it was exactly how I'd expect, because he is a very affectionate kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, like, you know, put his arm around my chin, kind of around my neck, and it was, like, holding my head. And it was, like, a really sweet moment, but... You know, I, I, the reason I brought it up was because it's, I want to challenge... Dads especially, because I think that there's a lot of tough guys that, that want to make sure that they're known that they're, you know, this, you know, being staunch and super macho, super macho dad to yeah. be soft. Like, seriously, go cuddle your freaking kid for five minutes every day. Yeah. What what harm will that do to you? Dude, I'm, I, I'm calling you out right now. What harm will that bring to you to hold your dang kid for five minutes? Get on the couch and cuddle. Yeah. Dude, cuddle your spouse. Touch your wife in yep. a way that is non-sexual. Yes. Don't, start there. Don't start with a back rub and then, oh, sorry, things happened. You know, and then she well, has to fake a headache. But We're, we're going to nix the back rub completely. <laughs> Don't even try a back rub. No. Give her a foot massage. Yeah. Do something selfless yeah. for somebody else. Totally selfless. Unless you're not a foot person, then don't, don't do that. No, give her a hand massage. Calf massage. Hand massage. Yeah, right? Whatever there. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny because, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't see myself as like a super macho guy, right? And a lot of my friends that know me in my background um, know that I have potential for being, uh, I, I could not be a good person if I really wanted to. I guess sure. that's a good way to put it, right? Yeah. And my kids recognize that. Um, and it, it's super funny because I'm a massive softy dude. I'm totally a softy, yeah, right? We're in the same boat. And yeah. so I see my son, I hug him. Uh, my daughter's around. I grab my arm around her waist and I give her a big hug. Like, it doesn't matter. I, I entertain I'm kids always... in line in the grocery store. Like, I, yeah. with other people. Like, I see babies and I light up. Like, I totally get it. Yeah. I'm waving little kids. I love it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just fun. And so, we we don't... To be a good protector, you have to be a protector, right? Yeah. But that also means knowing when you have to be a protector and when not to. Knowing what and, to protect from. Yeah. Well, too. I mean, like... like that, there's discernment and all of that. If we think about the past, samurai... Practice calligraphy and mm-hmm. gardening, right? Discipline. These, but they were warriors. Yeah. So in time of war, they were what they had to be. And in time of peace, they were what they had to be also. And that's what people don't get, is that in order to be a good protector, you have to be both. You can't be just one thing in super macho and in your face all the time. All the time, yeah. You have to be soft. You have to be able to open up. Um, it's interesting because I see, I see these kids that are raised by parents that just... Didn't care, man. And it, it kind of hurts, you know, um, you see all this crazy in the world and how people are, are angry against each other. And you know, that somewhere deep, 
it was caused by that relationship. And that's normal. You know, I'm going to read something you wrote. I wrote? Yeah, because we have notes that we share, obviously. We actually, guess what? We actually try to be prepared for this show. <laughs> yeah, we don't uh... <laughs> Now that we've got a sound tech in the room with us, too, now. So if you ever hear a random person, we might get Mac's opinion once in a while. So well, yeah. say hi, Mac. Hey, guys. Yeah, so Mac's in here with us. Um, but something we're like professional. Yeah, we're like actually. We're like professional or something. It was one thing, like how I said, we're doing a thing, but now we're actually doing a thing professionally. With. Another thing, and a dude. Yeah, there's a person in here like that's paid. Yeah, I, I can't wait till we actually get YouTube going on, and we get these like little glow lights. So we get these little halos in our eyes. That's right. We're pretty in here. I'm, yeah. Well, I've got one too. Nice. That means I'll have to get haircuts more than once every month. I'll do your hair. Uh, I've got a great stylist here in town. So <laughs> if I go see her, so uh, what did I? Write? What, what did so I? you said something, and it was in our notes, but it was like you know because you were prefacing something we were going to go over. Oh. But he said we are going to go over some statistics, and I want you to think. If I knew this would have been what I chosen, what I've chosen a different path. I'm sorry if my notes are all jacked up. Yeah, these are these happen when I'm just. I'm trying to put it into common English. Yeah, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I can talk words good. Um, (laughs) Would I be absent? Would I be more involved? I know it can be tough, but we are fighting a war for our children. We have to be involved. So think about you and think about the father you are, or the father you will be. And I will add to this one, or the father you have had or didn't have. Yeah, um, I wrote that. Yeah, you wrote, you wrote something pretty powerful, man. Dude, weird. Um, so as we talk about the role of dad, you know, it's not just about us. I mean, I could throw the statistic out there that I read this morning was like, you know, fathers being in the household, the household is the national, it's like eight times more likely to not be in poverty if the dad is present, whether it's a dad, stepdad, adoptive father, whatever. Yeah. Just a dad, somebody in the household or father, wrote a figure, less likely to be in poverty. But is that where we focus our role? Are we just worried about making sure that there's a roof over the head? Because there's so much more. And I, and I go back to like pursuit of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. To where the mom walked away, they were living in a bus station. They were living at the YMCA, whatever. They were, but dad was still there. But there was so many more lessons to go in that story than just having a roof over his head, you know? And, and does that make Will Smith's character in that movie, who's actually a true story, does that make him a better dad than the guy that has the five-bedroom, three-bath house here in, you know, Coeur d'Alene Place with all these toys and everything that works 56 hours a week? And, or more. Or more. And, you know, only sees his kids, you know, for half a day on the weekends. And is that why you get popular bullies? Right. What? I mean, yeah. Is that really where that comes from? Yeah. But dad's not around. He's always working and everything quality. I'd say elaborate on that point because I don't think a lot of people know that term. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, so we all know what a bully is and that's easy. Um, But dominantly, even in media, um, whatever you're watching, usually it's the popular kids that are pushing the unpopular kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And traditionally, when you look at those households, it's the even if it is a multifamily or multi-parent household, you've got these kids that are pushed their max because their parents expect too much from them because they don't have enough time to be involved. Sure. Or to see their, their worth and kids grow up without worth. So they have to go, Oh, well I need to be dominant too. I need to be whatever. And that's part of the issue is that if a parent's working all the time and they don't give enough time to loving their child, their child's not going to reflect that reaction or that to other people. Yeah. And that's part of the issue. No, I I think you can look into, into pop culture, into movies and you can kind of pick out certain characters 
you know, that we've seen. And I, mm-hmm. and I think the dichotomy, like you want to look at, I mean, cause I'm the father of a, of a male. So I look at dad roles and then the dad, the father son relationship whenever I watch things. And I know that you probably just, you have an older daughter too. So you get to see both sides like Friday night lights. Love the just movie. I cry more. Yeah, but Friday Night Lights, right? Let's mm-hmm. look at that role. Like, look at the father-son relationships or the absent parent-household relationships and the and the way that those characters in that movie interact. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, one child that's living at home with a mom that's got terminal cancer. You know, and you have the other one that has an alcoholic father and a mom that's kind of a, I mean... Really not there. Yeah, really not there. You know, you've got the, the normal two-parent household. you got the kid that's, you know, Booby Miles raised by his uncle. I mean, so you look at in pop culture and I'm not trying to go off on a total tangent, but it's a very easy dichotomy that you get to see like the successes and failures of these children really do mimic what happens in real life. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, kind of we're going to lay in some heavy statistics here in this episode, which I think are going to open some eyes and create a really good conversation. Um, But the fatherlessness is an epidemic. Oh, absolutely. And. Um. And not to go personal, we talked to somebody before the show, you know, and it was like just asking a random person, like, hey, were you in a single parent household? Yep. Yes. And then 99% of the time they're going to say, it was with my mom. Yeah. Where'd your dad go? What happened? Right. Well, and that's, I mean, and then yeah. that's a story for me also. I mean, that, that was my dad. My dad was in the Navy. Yeah. Right. So um, I don't know when he joined. It was probably, I assume it was after, after my mother had left him because he wasn't. He was young, I guess. I'm not going to make excuses. I have no idea. I wasn't, I mean, I was there, but I don't sure. fully grasp it. I was two. So when she left him, you know, I, I was two. Um, but he'd been in the Navy from my earliest memory, right? Sure. So always in that. And so I don't know if he'd ever made the, the attempt to try and be in my life um, other than, you know, the failed missed birthdays and missed Christmas and all those fun times where he forgot, right? But it is what it is. And sure. you know, that's just, we kind of grow from it. And the nice part is that we can. We are not a product of our environment. You know, and it's not always the case that if you come from a fatherless household, you're going to be a failure, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there are people that overcome that. And those are the success stories I love to hear. Because, I mean, like we talked about in episode two, I think it was, you know, which kids in your your coaching background and what type of household were your favorite kids? You know, and I had had a, a kid on my team, on one of my wrestling teams that, you know, his both of his parents were incarcerated mm-hmm. and he was living with his 19 year old sister who was a student at Washington State. Yeah, that's amazing. And him and he was at the time he was 16, but his 13 year old sister lived with him, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she's getting student loans and, and grants and stuff like that, not only to go to school, but to support her siblings. I mean, like that. <laughs> But the, I mean, the level of weight that was on that family and the thing is, though, that kid had every ex- and he had, you know, some learning disabilities and stuff, too. But he was the best freaking kid ever. I mean, I could throw him the keys to my house, leave him alone for a weekend in my house, and I would probably come back and it was cleaned. That's the type of kid he was. That's awesome. And there was no bottles in the trash can or anything like that. And it was clean because they're trying to hide something. It's just his character. He's just a great kid. And I mean, that, that's a prime example. We are not a product of our environment. No, we're not at all. Because I know plenty of kids that are being raised by two parents that would be completely oh, different. I'd go to my house and be wrecked and then they'd blame me for why it was wrecked. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so 
we, we look at this situation of, and I come from a two parent household too. I mean, I have great parents and I'm so incredible. And I realize how blessed I am to have grown up in that situation. Mm-hmm. I can't ignore that. Like I can't walk away from that because not every kid gets to have that. So I can't take advantage of this, like thinking that that's that what should be normal. Like my hope is for every kid gets to have that situation. Yeah. But that's not reality. So I'm not going to take what I, what I grew up in lightly. Because I realized how much of a blessing having both incredible parents was to how I was raised. Exactly, yeah. And it has a lot to do with who I am as a person today. Which is why the ladies need to meet you, ladies. <laughs> Let's bring it back to that real fast. Keep trying to play matchmaker over here. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm bad at that. It's all right. So let me, let's dig in a little bit, right? Because um, I... I I took mad crazy notes when I was, I was sitting around one day and I was just like, my brain started flying. Cause I, I think the, whatever I was doing to kicked in, I don't know. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's start off. What does absent mean? Start there. Yeah. I'm going to start there and then I'm going to, I'm going to dig into, um, being a guy for the most part. Right. Sure. So absent is, and this is, this is literally out of the dictionary. It's, um, completely gone without remains away, not present and not available, right? Or not paying attention as part of that. That's both men and, men and women, right? So think about absent in your, in your family. Were my parents present or were they absent? And you can be sitting there on your phone, ignoring your kids, and you're absent. You're yep. not present at all. Yeah. No, I, I, so absent parenting, right, can literally mean that that individual is gone. But how many of us can now look at this picture and go, absent parenting, like, that is an ap- an absolute epidemic that you could have two parents in the household and then somebody's absent. You've got YouTube TV now, right? So you've got YouTube parenting is what I call it. Sure. And that's what it is. It's, I mean, so when we were growing up, um, I was a latchkey kid, right? And for the people that don't know. Go hang out at your neighbor's house. and Well, that or you'd go home and there was a special knock. You'd mm-hmm. have a key. And if the person didn't know the knock or the passcode or whatever crazy, you didn't let him in, right? Yeah. And your mom would have instructions. Don't touch this. Don't touch this. Make this for dinner. Get it done. And if you <laughs> broke that, you know, it was, it was a bad situation, right? But that's because parents had to work, right? You needed boundaries. Now, they were absent because of work hours. And sure. that's, we understand that. Well, that was to make sure you had a place to live. Yeah. yeah. So they're providing for us. And in a single family home or a single parent home, that's normal. That can happen. Nowadays, though, even in two family homes, we have so many outlets to captivate us that even with parents around, they're not present. I'll use activities. I mean, I, as a coach, I saw too, like, you know, coaching three sports and I have, there's a handful of kids that, and don't get me wrong, I'm a huge advocate for participating in activities and sports and everything, music, whatever, do it. But using that as the outlet for your children because you didn't have to be a parent, woof. Yeah. I mean, that is, you, you turn the oof meter up to like super high on that one mm-hmm. because now you have an excuse to be an absent parent because now you're expecting that sport coach to take your role. Well, now you're, you have the excuse to be an absent parent and you go, look at how great I am. Sports are a horrible parent. Uh-huh. But, but again, <laughs> it's, it's a good excuse to go, I'm an amazing parent. I've got my kid in all these sports. Yeah. Great. And let's let's stop living vicariously through our kids. Yeah, but that's great. Cool. Your kid does a lot of activities, but what's that, you know, what's that do for me for the time at home and how they're learning to have parenting yeah. skills from you? Are you involved in your kid beyond I just dropped you off? Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. You did, you know, 
10 hours of karate this week and then you've got a wrestling tournament this weekend. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, or if you have piano lessons and then, you know, whatever underwater basket weaving, and then you go to gymnastics and everything else. Cool. Do activities. That's great. But don't, I mean, what is it? The, the novice of many is a master of few. Like you, you don't get a chance to be the parent and be present in that and have that role in your kid's yeah. life. Like, do you want to actually have that? You have to ask yourself, do I want to have that cr- creator's role in my child's life. I wonder how many kids really want to do these things versus how many kids are doing these things because their parents make them want to. You know, and that, that raises a good question because I look at some of the kids, they loved being in sports because their parent, their dad was a dick. Yeah. You can say it louder <laughs> if you want. <laughs> this is our podcast. It's true. Man, no, but my, I mean, my, my pastor might be listening, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, he knows me. Yeah, he knows me. <laughs> but no, that, that's the reality, right? It's that they're using these, like, some kids use it as an escape. Sure. I want that, I'll do it. I, I need to get out. Get of out of my hair and leave me alone yeah. and go let me play basketball. I mean, that reminds me of a million football movies, right? Yeah. Where the kids go back to the house, right? Go back to uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. It's so Was it Billingsley, the uh, the wide receiver? That I think so. Yeah. It was uh, Tim McGraw was his dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Horrible dad, but yeah, yeah. the insanity is there. I mean, is it where kids are either kids really want to do things to make their parents proud? Because it's not often you hear your parents say, "I love you and I'm proud of you." They don't. I mean, and think about it. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those words that people don't use very often, um, and, and I, it's not for a lack. I think it's because they just don't think about saying "I'm proud of you." Kids need to hear that. No. So, Ryan, you want to tell me what? Um, let's let's get back on track, I guess, because we have these notes and we have to sure. say words. Um, the mouth hole has to make things. Yeah. So, <laughs> dude, let's talk about like what being a male is—a man and a father—and we'll have some fun with that. You want to start? Well, yeah. I mean, I can use the example that we used on our. Instagram page last week of, you know, a boy can have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. You can be, you can be 16 years old and be a father. Yep. But it doesn't mean you're gonna be a dad. You know? yeah. So it doesn't take, I mean, really in the, in the biological sense, it doesn't take a lot. Not at all. To be I a mean, dad. Well, I mean, to be a man or yeah. to be male, right? Yeah. So being male, male is obviously You've got the parts. Genetically, you are a. You can look at the biological aspect of it, and uh, you have the equipment. chromosomes. You have, yeah, this. you have the equipment that biologically you're a male, right? Yeah. Then you can go to the social view of it of a male, but it tends to carry certain roles, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about toxic masculinity back in episode one, and our personal views on that, yep. um, to where it's a bunch of crap. Like, let's be honest. Toxic masculinity is basically trying to neuter society, but also males don't be freaking toxic. Like there's a difference, right? Simple. Yeah. It's toxic masculinity carries that negative connotation because yeah, guys have a tendency to be toxic, but I can also say there is toxic femininity too. It's interesting. So, okay. Um, I know, I know that this is a big, huge subject and, and let's, let's be real for a second here. Not where our psychological psychology. How many shades of gray books sold? It was for a five year stretch. It was like the number one selling book. Okay. And Smoke how many bit, yeah. men bought the book? Uh, very few. Right? <laughs> so we're going to I'm sure there's a few, but not many. Yeah. We talk about these cultures and how men are toxic, and then we praise and promote those toxic traits. 
Yeah, BDSM culture is like was the number one well, selling. And so, are you kidding me? When, like, when that on. came out, I I really did a deep dive, and I was like, okay, I want to understand this because there's points in the book where he does not follow that culture profile. She says a safe word, he doesn't follow it. Right? That's beyond BDSM culture. That is toxic. Yeah, that is not okay. Right? And so, and that was the interesting part because I was like, you know, I didn't understand it, and obviously, I read it. But it's romanticized, and that's the part that I'm like, yeah, you got to be flipping kidding me. Being a writer on the side, I really enjoy writing stuff, right? Sure. Um, and I always have. Dude, I, I'm sorry, ladies, but the book is trash. It's, the writing's awful. It's very generic. It's nothing good. If you want to read something good, go read Clan of the Cave Bear and read something that actually can be descriptive. <laughs> and, and you can image, you can see these things in your mind. The book was garbage. And I hate saying, I, I apologize, I'm not a book well, actually, I'm a book guy. I've read, I, I can't even fathom how many books I've read. Every David Eggs book, every, every um, Robert E. Margoff. I mean, I've, I've gone to town on, I like books. I like to read. Sure. But it was just, it was worthless. And I was like, I don't understand why this is so great. Why does it carry value in society? Yeah. And then why does it carry value? And then they, they attack the people that are portrayed in that book. If you like it so much, stop attacking the people. Let's be real about it, right? So there's a term that comes to mind of saying one thing and doing another. I don't know. I don't know what that term is. Yes. <laughs> I'm a man. We don't know what the word is. <laughs> no, I mean, let's, let's be real about it. Right? Like yeah. we have to be honest with that, that piece there. Um, men. Yes. Hypocrite. No, it's let's, well, I, and, I, just, and <laughs> I think that part of it, dude, is that we talk about toxic masculinity and women can't look at men around other men. Right? Yeah. Because we are all trying to alpha up, I guess is what it is, right? So women, you have to understand that when you're raising little boys, um, little boys are constantly going to challenge you to figure out who is dominant. Well, there's the hero role. I mean, they all have the inherent idea of being a hero. Mm -hmm. I mean, how? like, look at what games boys, like little boys will play. Oh, everything, yeah. But also look at the games that girls will play too. They want the hero, right? Mm -hmm. How many of them want to be rescued by the prince? You know, if they're playing, you know, like rescue the princess in the castle thing, right? Like, how many girls want to be rescued? Yeah. I mean, and, and so you could play that cultural of like, well, I need to teach my, my daughter to be a strong, independent woman. Great. Also, though, be careful. Because now you instantly told your daughter who you want to be a strong, independent woman that men don't matter. You yeah. subversively said that without without saying it, you have subversively said that. And then now you're putting men in a box that they have to look a certain way. How is that okay? You know, it's like that's not okay for guys to do either. Like that you could say that women need to be in the kitchen. Da, da, da. You're putting women in a box. How about you just treat people with respect? Encourage people to grow in their role, whatever that may be, grow in it. I mean, like we can go the biblical thing, it's like love God, love others, right? Love each other. Pretty basic. It's a pretty basic concept, right? Love each other. Yeah. And and so you look at toxic masculinity, all that is is just trying to force people into another box. That's no different than the opposite of what that would be in saying that, well, toxic masculinity, or saying like, you know, gross masculinity is awesome. I'm going to, that can be toxic too. Anything without moderation and without limits and without boundaries is inherently bad. Like it doesn't work out. Look at eating. Yeah. I mean, look at food's great, right? Food that. keeps us alive. But it can also kill us, mm -hmm. right? Well, anything socially you can take that same aspect can be great for society, but it can also kill it. Exactly. I mean, any too much of something and too little of something is still bad. 
I just, I just wonder though. I mean, to bring it back to the guys, is that when guys are together, we typically we're we're gross. We are gross creatures in general, right? We're dudes. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, fart jokes make us laugh. We can't help it. Well, I guess we could help it. We're guys, right? This no. is who we are. I it's mean, true. No, I didn't that. The the Venn diagram of fart jokes, hot dogs, and eating things off the floor, right? Oh, yeah. All three of those coincide between either dads, kids, or dogs. And that's just how it is. All three of them want hot, subversively want hot dogs for dinner. Mm -hmm. Two of them will want to eat something off the floor, which is the toddlers and the dog. Two of them will laugh at fart jokes, the dads and the kids. You know, and then it's like, yeah, I mean, like, you can... But it's true, right? It's all true. So when we talk about men together... You're going to get a totally different dynamic from those people, no matter who they are, if it's just men together. So women looking in on that are going to have a bad idea, right? But let's flip that around. Women, how many of you are nasty? And we're talking like you and your friend are together, and it's gross. Because let's be real about this. I know I know, I know too lots. many women that are, like, that are honest. And I, I love the fact that you're honest. And it's great. And you're real. And I'm like, I ask you the question, hey, do you guys really talk like this? When you're together with your friends and you're worse than dudes. So we have to be real about the situation and how we talk to our peers. Right. And we can't go, well, I expected this from you and you were totally different when you were around your buddies. And I can't believe that. Well, it's the same thing. What was it? Uh, I sent it to you. My, my friend sent me this was a covert narcissism is what society doesn't recognize. Instead, it sees and I'm going to use females for the example, the cute, sassy female. Mm-hmm. She's so sassy. Oh, she's got a little attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Bring me my Chianti and a sassy, sassy woman. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I no, no, you didn't screw me up. <laughs> I'm trying not to lose my... Because I know exactly where you're going with that one. But you can look at the societal view of that to where that's okay. I mean, like, sassy can be a good thing, right? It mm-hmm. can be a good characteristic. Absolutely could be. But Fun also, and playful. Fun and playful. Like the ability to be lighthearted. Or the ability to speak the truth and not really care about the consequences, right? But that can also be a great hiding place for narcissism, right? Absolutely. The guy's the same way. I would say probably the the driven, hardworking... I don't even... I want to use hardworking because I think that, that that is a really good characteristic. But I would say the driven guy that says what he wants and isn't afraid to... Whatever. I think that narcissism hides in that, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you look at driven, okay, well, that's, that could be a positive, but also it could be demanding, right? That could be not willing to take no. You know, there's like some, you can go in, I mean, like, we can go. And we all know, those, we all know those people both. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, exactly. But not willing to take no. Yeah, right? I mean, and, and so. And it's a playful, I don't want to take no, but it really is a narcissistic no. Yeah. And let's be real about yeah. that. You know, and so you can you can take those roles of, of, of strong, independent woman or independent, you know, driven, busy guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that also could be like that. Per- now, I see guys like that. Those for me as a guy like for friends raise red flags. I don't know about you, but yeah. it can raise a red flag because I look at that individual and it's like, who is he willing to step on along the way to find success? If he's independent, there's going to be no opportunity for like interaction and and having that ability to have communication and have true friendship because now my, my friendship is transactional. So like now I'm seen as a piece of like, how can, how can I help you? How can I serve you when it turns into serving somebody that is not healthy? 
Not at all. And so, you know, it, look at that in the role of the father. Now, take that example of a guy that like works 60 hours. Like, yeah, you could have a lot of stuff, but where the frick are you? Well, I did. There's, there's so much talk in, in music. So I like all sorts of music, right? Um, I listen to rap and there's a, I think it's a Lecrae song where he talks about his father giving him brand new Nikes and all that and being great in the church and this, but he was absent the entire time he was a father. And he's like, man, I just wish I would have had some time with you. Just, just give me some of that. Yeah. And that's hard, but we, we strive so much to provide our kids everything, they, every little thing they want that we forget to remember that what they want is us. Yeah. Not that PS5, not that Xbox X, not whatever that they're talking about. They, I really want this dad to know they'd rather have that time with you. So this is amazing. Um, I like to go shooting, right? And I enjoy it. I'm a veteran, right? I'm, I'm trained. I know what I'm doing. I encourage the Second Amendment. And so, so I go, with you. <laughs> <laughs> as we should, yeah. and, and we should respect it. I mean, you Absolutely. know, I've, I've slept on a weapon. I've slept with guns under my pillows. It just, it is what it is, right? I've never been hurt. Wow. Right? They don't attack me. It, yeah. I'm in control. It's a tool. But I've always taken my kids out shooting, right? And, and I started them really young. And it's fun because my daughter says that she doesn't like shooting with anybody else because it's a thing that we do, right? And that's that, that's that empowered feeling I get. And I'm like, wow, this is a thing for us that she really values that much that we go do together. And not her and a bunch of other people or her and her boyfriend or whatever, but her and me is where she finds that peace is to go, this is our thing. That makes me feel good. I couldn't sure. get her everything in the sun, right? But we did things that, that mattered, Um and, and little traditions. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. So we're just sure. high into our, no, we're good. yeah. So we can get some stuff done and make sure we actually talk about the right things. Unpack it. But I'm going to, I'm going to talk about father real fast here. And I go, a father is a man or a boy who has a child, right? And a boy, we know boys act. You're and a sperm, we'll you're or a sperm donor. I mean, like, look, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how you but, become a father. It, and that's, and it's, so a man isn't an adult. So we can see an adult male or a boy who has a child, yeah. right? You can be a man also. That's a totally different. So as we are the examples for our children, that's what matters the most, right? We have to be men. We have to give up all those childish little things that we valued before. And this is biblical also, but it's absolutely true. And we have to be better than our parents. We can't be a product of our environment. We have to step up that game and be real with it. You have to be a product of your heart. Yeah. Absolutely. What's important to you. And you know, if you if you have an issue with, you know, raising your kids, that's a you problem. That's not a society problem. That's a you problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you can blame your ex. Oh, she doesn't want me around. Make the freaking effort. Shut up. I, I, have no, I have no problem telling dads that complain about their ex to shut up. Everybody's got an ex. They're like armpits. Everybody's got them. They all, they all stink. You don't take care of them. They all stink. Right? Some have hair and some don't. Yeah. Exes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about derailing a conversation real quick. Oh my bad. Let's bring it back. I apologize. But no, but but I have no problem. Like we said, like calling out the bad actors, right? Yeah. There, there could be a dad that that doesn't spend enough time with their kid, and they know it. Like, let's do a self analysis right now. Take ten seconds and really ask yourself: Am I present in my child's life? If you say ten seconds, uh, is not long enough. But okay, that answer is no. Shut up and do something. Make an effort. Yeah. Dig in. Eat, Try. Eat, eat your freaking pride and make an effort. I don't care if your relationship with the ex sucks. Do something. I don't care if... The, and maybe that there is a, a 
maybe there's a protective order in place, right? I don't know. Maybe he did something stupid or you have a problem. To understand yeah, there are situations. There are situations. Yeah, that we you can't. It. We get it. Yeah. So say there's a protective order in place. Like maybe there was a restraining order against you and the spouse. Okay, then make an effort to make that kid's life a little bit better. Pay your freaking child support. Shut yeah. up. Pay it. That's in place not because it's, you know, mom needs to go get her nails done. Should she be using it for the kids? Yes, because it is child support, right? Mm-hmm. That's a different issue, right? Pony up and pay it. Who cares? Do it. And stop knocking everybody up. Yeah. Let's be honest. Wrap how it many, up. <laughs> how many single dads out there have multiple children from multiple mamas? Yeah, and then I have one child, and it's, I mean, it was in the right context. But I mean, no, it exists, right? So stop, exists a stop lot, yeah. sleeping around and using relation. And I'm sorry, but like, you're going to use relationships to try to fix a lot of internal problems. Stop it. So as, you as can't as use somebody else to fix your emptiness. I'm going to bounce off that because as, <laughs> as a kid without my father in my life, I look towards anything that may be valuable. And traditionally it was based around my sex appeal, which is weird to think as a kid, I thought that way, but it was, if somebody wanted me, I was valued. Okay. And that leads into, I mean, we talked about how when there's, when the father's not in the household, you're more promiscuous, Right. And it's not necessarily based on the fact that you are more sexual or whatever. You're more sexualized because you want that value. You need someone to feel, to make you feel important. So to use an example, it was a statistic that I saw and it kind of ties into this. Mm -hmm. Dads that get custody of kids or dads that have 50% or greater tend to have more revolving relationships that live in the household with the children, bringing girlfriends in. And letting that roll, and it becomes this revolving, perpetual kind of like, oh, there's a new girlfriend. She's living here with us for the next year and a half, and then she'll be gone. And they'll find somebody else six months later. Are all these girls in bands? I'm confused. Okay. But in that statistic, what that creates, that creates a very toxic cycle for the child. That they have to look at this thing. Oh, this is normal that you can just have this revolt. So what does that teach male children, right? It's okay to have a lot of different girlfriends and never actually commit to anything. Yeah. Are we creating this like cycle of lack of commitment that we don't really encourage the opportunity to grow in relationship? And that's where we have to be single parents in general have to be very careful with who they bring around. And moms need to do too, man. Like, yeah, because I'm calling dads and moms out. Because I mean, they both do the same thing. Well, and so I'm going to lay down these facts because this one hit me. um, So without a dad, right? Four times higher risk of poverty. Uh, Seven times more likely to become 18 parent. Are these for girls or boys? Both. Both? Okay. Um, six times more likely to have behavioral issues. These are kind of givens, right? Like lack of stability creates a pretty decent size interruption. Absolutely, yeah. Um, ten times more likely to abuse drugs or alcohol. Like, oof. Ten times more likely. That's um, going to lead into legal issues also, Yes, because right? 55% more likely to go to prison or jail. There we go. Uh, two times more likely to suffer from obesity. 60% more likely to commit a crime. The obesity piece is that they are filling their stomach to fix their need. Yes. Lack of exercise. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? Yeah. And a lot of those stem from those same kind of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Being, um, yeah the, the ties of trauma and not wanting to let go of things yeah. or using emotional eating, all that stuff, like eat your feelings. Like I'd make a joke, but that's a real thing. Well, part of this is Um, the whole present parent thing, too, because if our parents aren't present, if we can't go to our parent and trust that they're going to listen to us and discuss what we need to talk about, we can't we we can't get over this trauma. Right. So think about children. Um, 
at your son's age, something bad happens and he cries instantly, right? Instantly. Yeah. How fast is he over that when he's done crying? Pretty quick. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. hang on to it forever, right? No, no. Now, as we get older, the more and more we hold on to it, I don't want to cry, I don't want to whatever, well, it becomes right? becomes trauma. Yep. And we build bonds to it and because, we enjoy it. And we actually build that trauma ourselves. Yeah. But if we would cry from it yep. and just release it, get imagine out. how much healthier it would be. Well, it's just, it just goes back to the throwing stone theory, right? Mm-hmm. Label Pick it. Pick up those rocks. Pick up those rocks. Get rid of it. Get a black marker. <laughs> Write it on there. Throw it away. Um, 60% more likely to commit a crime. Three times more likely to drop out of school before graduation. And five times more likely not to continue or pursue higher education or vocational training. That's amazing. Um, I mean, that's just without a dad, right? Mm-hmm. We're a powerful role, right? Really powerful. Yeah. Um, so here's some inverse of kind of factual stuff. Only 30% of dads get some form of custodial support from the court system. So we're we talking about um, like child, child support. support? Yeah. Okay. Only 30% of dads that get majority custody like, get child support. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that in another podcast. Yeah. And th- well, I mean, think about that. that. People, people listening right now, think about that. 30% of fathers, they, they, get, get, full custody. they get full custody or majority custody. Okay. Only 30% of them get child support. And 90 plus percent, I would say, of women. 84% of moms receive child support. My bad. 84% of moms. That was lower than I thought. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to be higher. higher. I thought it would be higher. Um, 8% of households that are headed by a single father raising at least one minor child. That's 8% of households in the U.S. Mm-hmm. are headed by a dad, a single dad. Uh, motherless homes are less likely to be living in poverty than a fatherless home. So if it's a dad raising a kid, more likely to be not in poverty. Well, wow. Mom raising a kid, you're more likely to live in poverty. Um, 84% of custodial parents are moms. Interesting. So dad's 16%. So let's let's look at some other fact. Also, actually, no, that's not even dad. Sixteen percent. That's anybody other than a mom. Let's preface that fact. Wow. That's not just that. That could be grandparent. That could be aunt and uncle. That could be a court ordered foster care situation. Repeat that just one more time. Eighty four percent of custodial parents are moms. Yep. Sixteen percent of that is anybody else. Anybody else. So the mom says, "I don't want the child." The dad says, "I'd like to have the child," but the court goes, "Well, you're only the dad." So grandpa and grandma get it. Yeah. And that's a situation that happens. That happens. That literally happens. Yep. Or um, court appointed advocate gets involved and then they go into the foster care system. Yep. Or let's say uh, mom wants to give up the child because that happens. Yep. Father doesn't know this. The mom does all the paperwork and a father only has, I think it's like 30 to 30 to 60 days to dispute. Mm -hmm. If it's under that time frame, the father can't do anything. Well, if a father finds out. 45 days or 15 days that this is happening, that the mom's giving us a child, he has zero rights in court to go, I want my child in my house, which sounds insane. Yep. But it's absolutely true. So the child goes to foster care or gets adopted out, and the dad is there with nothing he can do. So of the motherless households, right, 52% of them that don't have a mother living with the children are a result of divorce, separation, or widow, living with just the dad. Wow. So if you don't have a mom, 52% of them are because of divorce, widow, and living with the father. So 48% of those situations, like think about this. I mean, that's a huge, massive freaking number of that 16% that we talked about. Mm-hmm. That goes to grandma and grandpa, foster care, adoption, whatever. Um, 7% of homes without a mother are due to married couple living apart. 
So divorce. That number is really small. Seven percent. Seven percent of homes without a mom are only due to divorce. Wow. <laughs> Single you fathers know. who tend to cohabit with another partner tend to be younger, um, and less educated, and less able to earn a livable income. So that's where the girlfriend situation comes in. They need the two parent the two two income household. Two incomes, yeah. Um, yeah, it's eighteen percent of single fathers were aged fifteen to twenty nine, comprising twenty seven percent of the households in this demographic. These are scary numbers to think about. Yeah, I mean, and, and it really, we don't know this. I mean, you're talking thirty three percent of children in America have no father in the home. Sixteen percent of custodial parents are fathers. Yeah, sixteen percent. That's just insanity. We're just a dad. Yep, we are just a dad. But you know what, though? Mm. I'm glad he didn't say I'm just a father. Because I go back to my judge, right? Saying that, you know, I'm not awarding you this because if you're just a dad. I'm glad he didn't say you're just a father. He recognized that I'm a dad. But still just a dad. Yeah. It still hurts. Well, yeah. But it could have been worse. <laughs> if he just said, oh, you're just a father. And you, I mean, he might as well have just said, well, you're a sperm donor. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is that the father sets precedence in a home, mm-hmm. right? So what the father does is traditionally what the family does. And not because he's overbearing or whatever, but because it's just how it is for the most part. Stability. Yeah. So that's just how we're built. And, you know, the thing is, though, is we're allowing ourselves to be swayed by society, too. Mm-hmm. We're moving in a trend as males to a direction the toxic masculinity piece, toxic emasculated, right? Toxically emasculated. Our role has been. That's a much better term. Yes. We have been detriment, put in a detriment that our role isn't as necessary. So toxic, toxically emasculated creates hyper masculinity. Correct. We just said something cool. Yeah. I think we're on a trend here. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> Breakthrough moment. Um, so laying, laying into those stats as dads. So, you know, my challenge, you know, and I'll touch on last week too because, or last episode, but, you know, we set precedent for the household. Our kids are going to look at how we react. And this is kind of me winding down this episode because I think we need to hit on this point. Um, just I'm feeling led to go that direction. Sure. Um, no, like, where is your calm, right? Where is your peace? Where is your P-E-A-C-E, and where is your P-I-E-C-E? Where is your peace? Where is your role in this as a dad to continue raising your kids in a way that are going to grow them to fight? And I'm not saying fight in the literal sense, but in order to break trends, to grow as individuals, to be good people, to love others, to be generous, to be benevolent, all of those great adjectives of way to describe people. Where is our peace in this to help them like grow individuals in that role. Like where's our, where do we start? It's usually pretty small. We can just throw in the role and go, right? Mm-hmm. But we need to come up with something as dads. Yep. You have to start somewhere. So my challenge to dads, if you're listening to this and to moms too, where do you grow the, where do you grow the role of a dad, right? So if you're a single mom listening, where do you fill that role? Or where do you, what, what do you put in the bucket, right? You need to value that role too. It's not, it's not totally healthy to just say, I can do this on my own. It doesn't mean that you have to bring that child's dad if he was an abusive piece of crap that it hit you and you know sold out and left your kids. Don't bring that individual back. That's stupid. But you need to 
open the doors for the opportunity that that role holds value in your life. And stop looking for the same thing. Yes. Don't perpetuate it. Quit going back to that, that your, your standard value there. I mean, like step up a little bit, go look, you know what? I can wait. This guy might be interested in me, but he has these negative traits. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode is, is those traits that we don't want in our lives. Don't accept them. Yeah. And I mean, so start somewhere. Maybe it's a church, right? Mm -hmm. Get your kids involved in sports. Maybe that's where it goes, where you get a good, good coaching system, right? Good value system. Start there. Recognize that there needs to be that value system in place. You can't do this alone, right? We're not built to do life alone. You can be a single parent and not do life alone. So get in the community, get other individuals around you, get guys that you know are safe that are willing to take your kid fishing maybe. And don't look for personality. And I want to say this real fast because people just don't know. Sure. Personality is what I give to you in a social setting. Mm Mm-hmm. Character is what I do behind closed doors. Fruit. Right? Judge a tree by its fruit. Yep. So if you are looking at somebody and their personality is amazing, make sure the same is behind closed doors because that characteristic is going to be on your children. Absolutely. Um, so, so the challenge for parents, like that's what I'm going to leave you with a challenge this week. Make a list of things that you need to see in your kid's life. So if you're a single parent, right? Make a list of things that you know and hold true and think outside the box of where you're going to be able to find this. If you're, if it's not good, I can't go for it, shoehorn a relationship by the end of next week and expect that that, that thing right away is going to start bringing fruit into my kid's life. Because frankly, that scares me to death. If I start dating somebody and I'm bringing around my kid within a week, like that ain't happening. That's a no. <laughs> and I'm sure if I did that, you would probably beat me over the head with like a fr- 35 pound dumbbell or something like that <laughs> but think outside the box of how how to bring those like i said sports maybe it's at church maybe it's at um you know get a good group of friends that you know you know maybe it's creating a conversation within a social media aspect i know that we live in weird times in 2021 and you don't know who or what to believe and who to trust and who's going to be healthy and who's not. Like I said, judge the tree by its fruit. Start somewhere. Start somewhere that you know that there's going to be a base of safe relationships where you can grow things in a manner that I have great female friends. And I have great females in my family, too. But I have great female friends that I'm careful not to, like, let them have a motherly role. But I'm certainly willing to let them, like, love on my kid a little bit. Like maybe it's just coming over and like showing attention to them. And um, affection's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like growing that. Cause like one of them has a dog that my son absolutely adores. And you know, she dropped by on his birthday and gave him a birthday present and like gives him a hug every time she leaves. And like, like that's totally cool. I love that mm-hmm. because he gets to see that like women are safe. Right. Yeah. The, at least the ones that my dad trusts, I can trust too. And he doesn't have to live all of his relationships through me, obviously, but I can have faith in my role that like what I'm doing is like there can be a reflection there that like this person has qualities dad wants to be friends with. There's a reason for it is because this person also cares enough about your dad as a friend that he she cares about you too. The big one of that is that if if he learns that he can hug your friends and my kids hug all my friends. That's how we do it. We're an Italian family. That's just what happens, right? Um, That they can trust other people. Yep. And that's because hugging is very intimate, very open, right? Yeah. If you're an introvert and you don't trust people. I'm sorry, but like, and you, you turn that on your kids to not trust others too. Well, yeah, that's not not healthy. That's not healthy. That is not a healthy aspect. You allow them to build friendships. Um, 
So dads too, if you have, you know, I always, and I'll take this because it's the last challenge, but like, right, we're given our time, our treasures and our talents, right? If we can't give money to somebody, we can give our time. We can give our treasure, which are things that we have. We can give our talents, things that we're good at. And I'm stealing this from Blake Whiteman. So if he listens, credit to you. Um, but Blake's a great, he's a pastor of real life here in Coeur d'Alene. Um, but we can give those things to somebody else. So dads, if you have the ability to, to take a kid fishing or you're friends with somebody that has kids and you see that there's an absent role there, I'm not saying go be that kid's dad, but go be that positive influence. Go shovel their flipping snow. You see a single mom that has like, you know, has to juggle all this stuff. Go drive to her freaking house when it snows and go shovel her snow and just make a statement of there's people in this world that care enough to do something selfless for somebody else. Single women, when these men are doing these things for you, don't take it as he wants to date me. No. Some dudes will do that. Yeah. Right. But dudes don't be creepy and make that the reason why you're doing it. Exactly. Don't. (laughs) And that's, I mean, we need to say that that has to happen from that concept because it really is giving your time and your value. I've offered to bring um, my friend's kids shooting. Right. I don't mind. I love um, my friend, Ashley. She's got a daughter, Mariah, and I love Mariah. Like she's my own daughter. And we'll just go out and, and dates every once in a while. That's awesome. It'll bring everybody. We went golfing, right? I, yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where we have to step up to show people that they can trust and they can be open. And we need to help each other. Yeah. And if I you're mean, a dad, real. Yeah, and if you're a dad to a really safe opportunity, is it's the way that you can love other kids is to include them with your kids. Yeah. So like, if you're going to go do something cool and the fun activity outside, like if you're going to go for a hike and you have a friend that has a single parent, invite their kids. Don't necessarily invite that parent, just invite the kid. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to give them a break. Yeah. It's all right sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they need a chance to like mm-hmm. watch their Hallmark channel and sit at home and drink coffee too. Like and I mean, ice cream and get tissues out. Yeah. Seriously. Like that's, that's Hallmark channel. you get to be healthy for somebody else. So um, just that challenge of this week to kind of go through, look at your circle. What influence can you have? And if you're not in a position there to where like you are stable enough to do that, don't like start within yourself first. Yeah. You know, where can I, where can I make the efforts of dads that are, that are isolated or absent? Where can I stop being absent? Where can I make a start? Start somewhere, right? Even if it's as simple as texting daily or calling every day or whatever. Yeah. And, and so, you know, an exes, I'm going to say, cause I've got to realize this too. If they start making a concerted effort, you see a parent that starts making an effort, let them make an effort. Don't take it as like sometimes you have to have boundaries and that's where boundaries are healthy. But if they're going to start making an effort to where it's just like being involved, let them be involved. Yep. Man, that's tough. It's really, it's really hard. Man, we got hot and heavy on this episode. We, we apologize yeah. everybody, but we will, and we're a little bit longer here because we chose to take a longer block. So we'll do uh, that once in a while. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, obviously we're going to want to unpack, you know, divorce. We'll talk about my childhood as a, uh, Young kid with just a mom who did everything right until, you know, my stepdad came along. Um, we'll talk about Ryan's fantastic childhood with his great parents. And they are. And I'm not saying my mom's not. My mom is phenomenal, by the way. It's like make and a paper really cut is. and pour some lemon juice in that for some people. Yeah. We've got, uh, we actually have some really great ideas for guests to come on. Yeah. I know Ryan's got a guy that he wants on. We've got a couple. Um, yeah, there's one that actually has a podcast here that I want to bring on to. Tell me, to uh, touch the mental health. Just aspect. give us a, a quick blip on on your your friend that you wanted to bring on. Um, so the one, the alcohol, yeah, the alcoholic, yeah. So, and I talked about it last week, and I'll mention it again. You know, had lost access to his kid because of his alcoholism, and it was wrecking his life. You know, has that realization of like, dude, this is killing me. Um, has now been sober three years, 
and yeah, child's in his life now. child's in his life dude he's an awesome dad which is phenomenal right we yeah. want to hear that this story. is a victory man this is stuff we need to celebrate um stories that we need to hear because it can happen you know if you're dealing with with substance abuse issues things like that addiction issues break the cycle get out of it your kids are worth it i'm gonna get my best friend on here he's got a uh six-year-old non-verbal down syndrome daughter these yeah, man i mean story man can Siri, powerful Powerful. How, how do you? I can't even fathom. I mean, I can't fathom it. And I love the guy so much. He is such a great person. It's, it's amazing because we've been friends since high school. Yeah. Literally high school. And we've never we've never lost touch or not been yeah. you know, best friends and family that way. And it's just incredible. Um, thinking about possibly getting like a military uh, father on. Yeah. Just to see. You well, know, we got one every week, but right, yeah. <laughs> you, but another one, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just we have these ideas. And we'll get moms on. I, there's a couple of moms that I know of that have been through some stuff that I would love to have. I think that'd be fun. Get another aspect. We'll get our parents on also yep. to see what's going on. You know, they can talk about all the stuff we did as crazy kids. Sure. I can tell you guys the story about the time my mom beat me up. It's the best story on the planet. Um, you'll love it. You'll, yeah. You guys will love it. So it's I, phenomenal. Yeah, I just want to thank you all for joining us again. Uh, this is the Dadvocacy Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Go over there. Give us a like. Smash that uh, follow button. You can subscribe to our podcast, uh, speakpodcasting.com. You can go through all the uh, ever-growing list of podcasters, too. And if you want to join that, reach out to us. We can get you in contact with the powers that be and get your voice heard as well. Yeah. So if you've got a story that you need to share, um, we can get you doing stuff like this. And we love stories, but I mean, yeah. hit us up in the DMs also. I mean, if you're on Absolutely. Facebook or, or whatever, I mean, shoot us a message and say, look, we've got a story to tell. Yeah. We'd love to have people on that have uh, great parenting stories. Even if they're funny, man, if you just want us to read it, that's all good. We can do that yeah. too. It's something to share. Cause we always, you know, we all know that we need to laugh now and then, especially yeah. these days. So, Absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be with you uh, in our next episode. And uh, we got a few few things up our sleeve that we'll we'll throw your way. So sweet. So again, I'm Tristan, and I'm Ryan. We will we'll see you later. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Ryan and Tristan, and thanks for coming back. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Rate and subscribe to the podcast as well. And make sure you tune in every, uh, I guess, we're weekly or biweekly or whatever we're going to show up. So we're make not sure, sure yet. Yeah, you can be notified when we come back with a, with a new episode. And make sure and join us. Smash that like button. Literally smash it. Smash it.